Hi, Kim. Hi, Knut. How are we doing today? No, the sun is shining and the Global Leader Summit is ongoing. So this is uh, it's just the perfect time, I think. I think it's uh, quite a good time to, to start our podcast and uh, to see how the whole organization is going digital. And I think the Leader Summit is a good example of that. Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if everybody knows what the, the Global Leaders Summit is, but these days, UN Global Compact is turning 20 years. Since, I mean, due to the, the pandemic situation, of course, UN Global Compact went global, you could say in a way, and digital, with uh, celebrating for 26 hours online um, these 20 years. Because we were supposed to be in New York now. Exactly, to meet with uh, some hundred people, and now there are several thousand people instead meeting online. And we're saving quite a lot of fuel on not traveling. Exactly. So it's a win-win situation, we would say. Yeah, so Even though we would both like to be in New York. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. It's both a green <laughs> shift and a digital shift, but it's uh, a very sort of uh, local shift for the two of us. Yeah. So another thing that's happening this summer is that our long-standing leader, Lisa Kingo, has decided to step down and we're lucky enough to get a new great leader. But six months ago, we had a chat with uh, Lisa. Can you set the stage for us? Where are we? Yeah, I mean, like six months ago, we, we were also quite young in the UN Global Compact history, so to speak, of, of the Norwegian uh, chapter, because we were only one month into our existence, and I was going to meet Lisa Kingo and to discuss what have happened the last five years in uh, UN Global Compact. And I must say, since then, there's another thousand companies that have applied for membership and become members, or even more have applied. Uh, so the, the movement of EU Global Compact, being the largest business initiative in the world for sustainability, is growing a lot. And th that's to a big extent thanks to the time we're living in, but also to Lisa Kingo, that has built up a structure and a new organization within the last five years that she was with uh, UN Global Compact and I'm really looking forward I mean I was really looking forward to meet her back then and I must say now um, six months uh, later I will know even more about all the good things she's done for the organization and uh, I think it's just the right place to start this uh, podcast with the outgoing leader of the UN Global Compact. And to set the stage we rented a room in a hotel set up our podcasting gear and started chatting with yeah, just in the middle of Oslo, you can imagine a very small hotel room, uh, but still a conference room. But it was still, um, you know, it, it was the right feeling, I think, about an organization that is growing, but that is not wasting uh, money on those things. What we really need to do is to create new kinds of business. And that's also why we asked Lisa, when she's leaving the organization, what should, would she like to do? I mean, first she... She didn't really want to talk about the future because that was six months ago, but now it's it's the day that she's leaving Young Global Compact. I think we should just start uh, start the interview. Yeah, let's do so. So I'm really looking forward to, to listen to this episode again. Lisa, welcome to our podcast. It's so nice to have you here. Um, we are going to talk about the ocean today, but first we're going down to sort of the you know the bits and pieces and the details uh, to pick your brain on on what are the ways uh, forward. 
perhaps a reflection on uh, how have we done on the on the SDGs? It's now already. I mean, gosh, it's almost 2020, right? So it's almost five years ago that we launched uh, the UN launched uh, the the SDGs. Well, it's a very good question and one that we have just spent um, quite some time on at the UN in terms of staking, taking stock of how far has the world come on the 17 global goals since they were adopted uh, a little bit more than four years ago. Uh, the short story is that we are not on track. Uh, among... Uh, all of the goals among all the many indicators behind them, we are seeing nice progress in some, how should I say, traditional development areas like child mortality, like more people getting access to electricity. So it's not only a bleak picture, mm -hmm. but in general, we are not on track. The two major areas where we have the biggest gaps is on climate change, clearly spilling over into the state of the ocean. And then it's also on social inequalities, on uh, gender equality, on young people's rights to education and to get a job, and also workers' rights in the, in the global supply chain. So it's pretty fundamental gaps, but it's also all gaps where companies across the world can play uh, a major role in improving the situation. Right. And, and because you're the head of the, the UN initiative for, uh, for sustainable business, right? So, so what, what sort of role could the, the business then play? Uh, it's a, there are so big questions. I mean, just like each of every one of you are just a person. They are just, I mean, some of the companies are, of course, very big, but most of the companies are not, right? So what, could they, what sort of role could they play? Well, the, the, the UN uh, Global Compact is the world's largest sustainable business initiative with close to 10,000 company members, more than 3,000 organizational members. Uh, we have local chapters across the world in almost 70 countries. So we actually have a very important role to play in making companies across the world aware uh, of our 10 principles that relate to the environment, to labor, to human rights, and to anti-corruption. Um, inspire companies to integrate these 10 principles in their business operations and report on them once a year. Um, and then since the global goals were adopted, clearly we are also um, creating awareness of the goals throughout the world with our Making Global Goals local business campaign and encouraging companies to take inspiration from the goals to set a transformational uh, business strategy. Making the global goals local. So what does that mean? Um, I mean, you have a background from one of the largest Danish companies, right? What, what did that mean in your former job? Or Because you were really, I mean, the, the company you were working were really early out with, uh, with having, a, I mean, having you, I, I think, as a director of sustainability and or environmental uh, affairs. So, so what does it mean for a company? I mean, you're the perfect guest to ask that question, right? Because you've been on both sides of the, both in the UN and... Well, I mean, for companies, it's very concrete. I mean, everything you do as a company has to pay off uh, in, uh, as a long-term investment, at least. 
And clearly what I have experienced in working for both Novo Nordisk and for Novozymes is that taking a responsible approach, a long-term approach to running a business is definitely uh, a more profitable way of running the business. It's also great in terms of attracting and retaining uh, the right people to work for you, and it has uh, a very good impact on, on the reputation of the company as well. And it's interesting, I mean, you know, business people like to put numbers on everything. So we actually know um, that companies that are part of the UN Global Compact have a double-digit better credit worthiness than companies that are not. We know that uh, companies also have a better share price and that they also have a better reputation. So I have to say that from a strict business perspective, <laughs> <Yeah>. you should <laughs> become a member. <laughs> responsible yeah. business yeah. is good business. And I think that is fortunately becoming more and more mainstream across the world. So we are certainly reaching a tipping point in that sense. And I think the global goals have played a huge role in that. Um, within the global compact population, more than 81% of companies are aware and are taking action on the goals. So I think the campaign I was referring to before that we actually made to be quite businesslike, making global goals local business, it's a nice slogan. And I think it also signals that making the goals a reality has to happen on the ground in real activities with real partners. So it's not a theoretical or an academic exercise that happens in some meeting room at the UN in, in New York. Uh, it's real action on the ground. Uh, no matter if we are talking about uh, a fashion company's supply chain management or how a construction company is improving its CO2 emissions. I mean, this is very, very concrete and it should be part of daily business decisions. And I think I also saw some numbers on, on I mean, the consumers and the investors. I mean, they are now asking for this, right? So it's not like, like you're saying, it's not a good thing to have. It's now something you need to have. So uh, just since last year, I saw that there was an increase of 30% in investments in uh, green and sustainable bonds and, and credits. Just in one year, we've seen that, right? Uh, and I th also saw a study from Forbes. It was almost nine out of 10 customers uh, are now asking the companies to take decisions, not even give them on the alternatives, but take decisions on, uh, on sustainable uh, products and services. So the co authorities, the uh, investors and the consumers working, asking for more sustainability, I think that is a good business case, isn't it? It's definitely a great business case. I mean, I think a lot of what we are seeing these days is really positive. Um, I mean, clearly to make the global goals a reality by 2030, we need the governments, we need companies, we need civil society, we need all of us as consumers. Um, I think we see really good trends, particularly in the way uh, this thinking is being picked up by major industries that have had issues in the past, the financial industry, also the ocean business. 
Uh, but I think the challenge is that we still have too few companies that are really taking a leadership in, you know, uh, stating and putting into action that they want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. So we need to go to scale, which is why uh, Global Compact's mission is that we want to mobilize a global movement of companies and organizations to create the world that we all want. But our theory is that if we can mobilize more than 30% of an industry, then we are gaining what we call a tipping point and we are creating a new normal. And that's exactly what I hope we can do within the whole ocean business with our new uh, ocean, sustainable ocean business principles, where if a sufficient number of global really heavy companies are adopting a set of responsible principles, it becomes the new normal. It becomes what shareholders, what stakeholders, what the financial community is expecting from an industry. And then we get the snowball rolling, so to speak. Yeah, so I'm very already, excited. Yeah. There's already like 30 large international companies, right? That have signed on to the ocean business uh, principles. Yes. Yeah. Are there any Norwegians among them? Of course, we are in Norway, so I have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, yeah. there are certainly several Norwegian companies uh, in that group, of course. And I mean... Um, yeah, I mean, Willemsen, and there are several of them that have already taken a... Yes. Uh, taken a part yes. there. And, of course, and I think that brings us a bit to what you were saying, like, how can we make the movement global? And, and it's, I mean, the reason why I'm sitting here as the, the executive director of the Norwegian uh, office of UN Global Compact is... Uh, is that you know you have decided to s expand to 70 countries and uh, and there is also now i mean even we just started some weeks ago we are completely new and we have already close to 50 new companies in that um, six weeks so it i mean there is a tipping point i'm, I'm quite sure you're completely right on on that um, but I, I think the the ocean principles but also the ocean platform you were talking uh, i mean you were referring to um, it's important for several reasons, but there is one thing that came to my mind, and that is, so UN Global Compa launched the progress report um, just some weeks ago, which is looking at, I mean, how are the companies doing on the different goals? Uh, and I think it identified the goal on ocean to be one of the goals that are, you know, the companies are not so much working with the ocean challenges and opportunities. Isn't that so? That's, that's absolutely true. And we have done this uh, progress reporting since the goals were launched four years ago. So we have rated each of the 17 goals according to how many companies are listing this goal as the most important one. And clearly, uh, we were seeing right from the start that goal number 14 that relates to the ocean was the lowest ranked of all of the goals. And since we are aware at the UN Global Compact that uh, the oceans have significant issues regarding pollution, regarding uh, being overutilized, I mean, we felt that we had to get an important group of companies together that could set a new agenda 
where we really uh, put the ocean and the ocean's sustainability on the business agenda. So that was the whole reason for establishing uh, the action platform on responsible uh, oceans. Uh, I think it's like three years ago now, two and a half years ago. So the progress we have seen since then has really been amazing. And we are very concerned with, of course, improving the sustainability of the ocean, but also to look at how we at the same time can improve the productivity of the ocean, which was actually one of the points that Anna Solberg, the prime minister, made in her opening speech today. I think it's about changing the narrative too, right? So how how do we make sure that um, we take this problems and challenges that everybody now is looking at for good reasons and make them into opportunities because that is what business do, right? They solve problems for yeah. people, don't they? I think for, for, for the business community, it's very important that organizations like the UN Global Compact help to translate the issues of the world into a business agenda. And the way we like to talk about the climate challenge or the ocean challenge or the gender challenge is to look at how businesses can turn significant global risks into opportunities. And I mean, the opportunities that we are seeing in the ocean space is enormous. Uh, we are also seeing significant risks. And I do feel that we are in the 11th hour so, for example, if you compare to climate change, uh, we have now had uh, 25 COP meetings across the world where governments and business have been trying to figure out how we uh, keep down the temperature increase in the world. Um, we don't have that kind of time when it comes to ocean. So I'm hoping that we can sort of frog leap uh, when it comes to the issues in the oceans based on what we have already learned from climate change. So that's also the objective that we have in the action platform, um, that we are a group of uh, very strong companies that can quickly set a new agenda and do the transformation faster than we have seen it in, in the whole climate space. But I think it's interesting what you're saying that, so in a way, uh, we have never had so many problems perhaps, in, uh, oh, that's not true. I mean, we have seen tremendous development in the world since 1990 on the social side of things. Uh, and I mean, the, we have a half the amount of children under the age of five dying. I mean, there has been a huge positive effect, but still we are standing perhaps ahead of so many problems we never have had before but that is also an impo important possibility to get economic growth and then I must say I'm curious if you should I mean I don't know if you can answer this question but if you if you now should choose to go you know back to business and work somewhere in some one sector since you said there are lots of opportunities what would you choose do you have any sort of preferences on that well I think it's interesting if you look at across the different business sectors and you think about who holds the silver bullet exactly which sector could really drive a tipping point on all the 17 goals i mean i would put my money so to speak on the financial sector okay 
Because um, in looking at what kind of investments would be needed to make making the global goals a reality by 2030, UNCTAD's estimate is that we would need between five and seven trillion US dollars every year from now until 2030. This kind of funding will have to come from the private sector. The ODA that we put across every year is in the order of 167 trillion, uh, billion US dollars. So that will not do the trick at all. So we need to get the financial sector and the corporate sector interested in directing more of their investments into the areas of the global goals. That's where I see a big opportunity for the next three to five years. And I also think that the biggest business opportunity the world will have in the next two decades will be investing along the lines of the Sustainable Development Goals. But I think there is still a need to, I mean, this is fantastic. So if you're listening now and you're working in finance, you know you're on the right place. Uh, but I think it's interesting. So what you're talk, sort of going into now is the SDG-linked finance, I would say, right? Or when you're saying that it should uh, invest along the lines, what do you put into that? Well, it's actually very concrete. Uh, just as the UN Global Compact has an action platform on sustainable ocean business, we also have an action platform on innovative financing for the goals, where we discuss with also a group of companies, 20, 30 global companies, how can we think about new ways of directing more private financing into the areas of the goals. And actually last year at the World Economic Forum, um, we uh, issued a call to action for all companies in the world in saying um, whenever uh, a company uh, is doing foreign direct investments, think about the global goals and how you can direct more uh, investments into areas of the goals, on climate, on ocean, on gender diversity, that's important. And other idea is, you know, all companies put their employees' uh, pension investments either into a corporate pension fund or into a pension company. If uh, all businesses would ensure that uh, these investments are again done according to um, the Sustainable Development Goals, we know that there's 12 trillion US dollars being invested through uh, employees' pensions every year. So that in itself could close the gap or the opportunity I was mentioning before, uh, between five and seven trillion US dollars. And finally, you know, we are seeing new ways of financial in uh, instruments to raise debt, for example. So um, one of our member companies, the Italian-based uh, Enel Energy Company, have just issued uh, SDG bonds, both in the US and also um, in Europe, relating to a set of SDGs. So that's clearly another way of directing 
investments into the areas of the SDGs. So these three, how should I say, not simple, but you know, pretty concrete ideas. Um, that is what we are encouraging all companies to do. And last week, uh, la last month, uh, during uh, the General Assembly week, we also uh, launched a CFO network because we know that these three areas, foreign direct investments, pension investments, debt raising, it's part of the daily agenda in every corporate finance department and for every CFO. And we think the moment has now come to really uh, engage CFOs in um, companies that have joined the UN Global Compact across the world to figure out how do we just make this a daily part of the priorities and the work of any CFO and what can CFOs learn from each other. So I'm very encouraged about um, this new idea and this new area. And I think it can definitely boost uh, the amount of investments that goes into the global goals across the world from both the corporate and the financial sector. So that's why I would sort of um, identify the silver bullet for making the global goals a reality exactly in this area. I think we have all the technology, we have good strategies, we have the goals, we know what the areas are. Now we just need to put more investments into the areas of the goals. And we need a best business sector, right? Because if you look at the official development aid, yes. that is just, I think it is around 1,000 billion. It's uh, 160 yeah. billion US dollars. Exactly, I was so thinking Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> in ODA. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not at all the kind of investments that we need. It is actually 3% of the global GDP, or it is 1% of the global uh, private assets that we need to activate. So you could say from that perspective, um, it's a huge amount, but it's definitely, how should I say, liquidity that's out there. It's just not at the moment directed efficiently into the areas of the global goal. So what, to sum up, you're saying that to create the, you know, the future we want, business or sustainability needs to be business, basically, right? Yes. Uh, we have one or two minutes more. So if you have something you would like to, to add, uh, you have the possibility of an end pitch here now. Oh, well, well, thank you. That's a great opportunity. So if I may just uh, end by a call to action, uh, I would definitely say um, make sure your company adheres to solid universal principles like the ones we uh, promote at the Global Compact, human rights, anti-corruption, the environment and labor. That is a fundamental uh, starting point for being a responsible company. I would also say take inspiration from the 17 global goals. When you think about how to transition and ensure that your future business model is aligned with society's expectations, not least with the expectations of the young people today. 
because we know from many surveys, not least from Morgan Stanley's data, that the young generation, they want to work for, they want to invest in, and they want to engage with responsible companies. If you cannot document that you are aligned with universal principles and global goals, I think it will be difficult to attract the very clever young people to come and work for you and invest in you in the future. So responsible business is good business. So with those wise words, uh, I just want to thank you so much for coming, Lizzie Kingo, the CEO of Union Global Compact globally. Uh, my name is Kim Gabrieli and I'm the Executive Director of Union Global Compact here in Norway. Thank you so much for listening. My pleasure. <laughs>